Hello and welcome back to Pharmacist Diaries, the podcast that reveals the secret lives of pharmacists, from where their journeys began, where they are now, and everything in between. I am your host, Anisha Patel, and on today's episode, I am pleased to introduce Christina Fontana to the podcast. Christina is a pharmacist, author, transformation coach, hypnotherapist, and podcaster. From the ages of 18 to 25, she suffered with a rare eating disorder called night eating syndrome. She also experienced debilitating anxiety, low self-esteem, and felt isolated from her family. She made decisions about her career that her family didn't agree with and this led to her being kicked out of her home and was homeless for two weeks. Her life was chaotic and unmanageable and she felt like she had hit rock bottom. These struggles started during her pharmacy degree and heightened at the beginning of her career as a pharmacist and completing her residency. Christina indicates that traditional medicine never appealed to her and she began studying and experiencing various modalities of healing. She managed to turn her life around and began utilizing this experience and all the skills she learned along the way to build the business she has now. Christina's mission is to uplift, empower and inspire young women to pursue their entrepreneurial dreams. She volunteers to speak with pharmacy schools and also provides two scholarships per year to students at St. John's University to support the development of the next generation of pharmacist entrepreneurs. You guys are going to love this one. Welcome to the Pharmacist Diaries podcast, Christina. Yay! (laughs) Um, A warm welcome from the UK, really, um, to begin the podcast and good morning to you. I love it. I I love accents too. I know you think you don't have an accent, but like Australian, um, UK, like I just love all different types of accents. So it's like music to my ears to hear you speak. <laughs> That's nice. I love that. Yep. Um, I usually kind of kickstart my um, episodes by asking you uh, why you wanted to become a pharmacist in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a pharmacist and, um, my uncle, my aunt, my sister, um, you know, and I grew up working in my dad's pharmacy. So I always loved just watching him. I would watch him help people and, you know, people, you know, how it is in a retail pharmacy, they come and they, they lose their spouse or they have challenges with their health. And my dad was kind of you know, he would be there to comfort people in their time of just distress. And I feel like, um, watching him and seeing how retail pharmacy, um, you know, people could just walk in and, and get help right away. It was just really magnetic to me. And I felt it in my heart at such a young age. I think I was 13 or 14. I'm like, I want to be a pharmacist too, because I knew I wanted to help people. So that was really the reason why, you know, I worked with my dad at his pharmacy um, started sweeping floors and helping like older ladies find cards for their, you know, for grandchildren or whatever. And then I just gradually moved up the chain to, um, you know, being a cashier, being a pharmacy technician, eventually being a pharmacist. And so really all started with my dad. Nice. My parents owned a pharmacy when I was a child as well. They're not pharmacists, Uh actually, but they had pharmacists working for them, but they owned um, the business. So like you, I kind of weekends 
grew up working within the pharmacy and stocking shelves, working behind the perfume counter and mm. helping old ladies, like you said, um, you know, you might, you were picking cards. I was helping with um, like shoe fittings for like slippers <laughs> and things like that. Cause we sell all sorts of other um, things over the counter. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, you know, part of, of growing up. Um, yeah. And an interesting experience because they had they had the pharmacy for over twenty years, so it's it kind of becomes part of your your lifestyle. And and if you see all your family members in the in the profession, it's quite easy to kind of follow suit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. When you went to pharmacy school, um, what were your kind of aspirations in terms of your career and what you wanted to do with it? Yeah. So when I first started, I kind of just was thinking more that I, I just want to help people, you know, and it was kind of more general. I thought I was going to work for my dad. And then it changed. My heart really changed as I went through pharmacy school. And I was struggling with an eating disorder called night eating syndrome, where I would get up in the middle of the night, I would, I would restrict my food during the day and then get up in the middle of the night and kind of uncontrollably eat. So I was going through a lot of just turmoil. And I, it was really a spiritual awakening. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was waking up to all of the the old programming that I had been taught that you have to be this way. You you have to, um, you know, if you're a Tarantola, that was my my former my name. Um, you can't cry in public. You have to be good. You you know all of the things that us as women are programmed that we have to be and do. I was waking up to all of that and. I had suppressed my emotions for so long that it was coming out through an eating disorder. So I had anxiety. I had, this was all through pharmacy school because you know how stressful it is. So it's on top of that, I'm dealing with an eating disorder and kind of going through this spiritual awakening. Um, And the reason why I share that is because in my fifth year of pharmacy school, I was waking up to, wow, I really don't want to be a retail pharmacist. I actually want to do something different with my life. And I wanted to pursue a residency because I knew I really liked, I didn't really consciously know this at the time, but I was always really drawn to business and I knew I wanted to use my gifts in a more, in not such a limited capacity, not that real retail pharmacists don't have a, a wider capacity, but I wanted to be having creative freedom. I wanted to be able to, um, really help in a bigger way. So I went that route and I applied for a residency, which my parents were not happy about. And they were just like, how could you leave us? And, you know, this whole betrayal story was happening. Like, oh, you know, we, we've supported you this whole time and how can you just go leave us? And so that was really challenging. Like having to kind of have that internal battle of this is my desire. I know that I'm meant for more, but then also having feeling guilty that I had to, you know, leave my family in order to pursue that. But I actually chose the, the, my desire. So even though I was getting a lot of abuse and a lot of just, um, criticism from my family in in general, I kept pursuing it. And I went and, um, I did get a residency in Brooklyn. So after that, I got kicked out of my house and I was homeless um, because my family just couldn't take it. They were just were so devastated that I left. So there was a lot of trauma that happened during that time because I was about to graduate pharmacy school. 
I had gotten my residency. I was going to, um, to, I had to move, right? Like I had to move closer to my residency because I grew up in Long Island and there were just so many moving, shifting pieces at that time that I just had to keep moving. It was kind of like a robot. I had to shut off my emotions and just go do the job, like go do my residency. So there was so much trauma that was in my body from having abuse from childhood, you know, mental, emotional, physical to getting kicked out and having everything just unearthed in my life that I had, I was at nothing living out of my car until I found an apartment. So there was all of this trauma that was happening that led me to ultimately, you know, where I am now. So I'm kind of giving you a preface for why I do what I do now, but it all really started there, like in that pharmacy and, um, just me following my dream, even though people like my dad, even up until 2020 was like, what are you doing? Like he didn't understand the business or, or any of this online space or anything like that, like growing an online business. And he was like, you're stupid. Why would you leave retail pharmacy? It's security, it's safety. So there was a lot of that going on. So I just say that to give you a preface for why I do what I do now and how you really do when you have a business, you go through this transformation of letting the old version of you die down. Because especially if you're going from being a retail pharmacist to a full-time entrepreneur, there is such a shift in identity in all of the beliefs that you have about money, about how you're allowed to earn money, about who who you're allowed to be in the world. And it's such a, it's an expansion that happens. And that's really how I help my clients now moving through that transformation. Wow, that sounds like a a really challenging experience. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I feel like from your perspective, it's made you who you are today. And maybe you wouldn't be doing the things that you're doing without that experience in your life. Oh, absolutely. And I believe this is my belief that, you know, I chose this before I came onto this earth, that we have soul contracts with certain people to experience these things to awaken to who we really are. And it's a constant evolution, right? And if you see it from a higher perspective of this is, this was meant to happen so that I could reclaim my power, help thousands of pharmacists. It's all worth it. If you look at it from that perspective, rather than what I was doing, which is, Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, um, how could they do this to me? You know, that's where I was up until you know, I got coaching around it and I was like, there's no power in that, right. In being, um, sticking to your old story of like, how could they do this to me? Cause then your life doesn't work. But now that I've reclaimed my power and I'm like, you know what I get to decide and I have a voice and this, my opinions matter. And I did all of that inner work. Now I can go and inspire and help other people. So that's really, yeah, like you can you can make gold out of out of any situation. Giving back to the community and the people around you, it's really a rewarding experience, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where does the um, Tarantola name come from? Oh, so we are Italian. I think there's a city in Italy called Toronto, and I'm pretty sure that's where we come from. <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah, it's somewhere in the boot. I'm just uh, curious because a lot of um, pharmacists in the UK 
Um, obviously, we have a really diverse population in the country. Um, you know, it's very international um, compared to some places in the US. Um, I mean, New York is definitely diverse, um, yeah. but uh, other places in the US aren't so much. But um, we have a lot of students who come into pharmacy through expectation from family members in terms of yeah. going into a professional career. And a lot of students tend to, whether they struggle to get into kind of medical school or whether they've tried that pathway but not quite made it, they they choose pharmacy as their next option. And we do find that in the first year or two of actually starting pharmacy school and here, what's different is we don't do an undergraduate degree beforehand. So you go straight from high school into pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the US and Virginia for a while. So I did my undergraduate degree in the US and then moved back home to do pharmacy. So oh, okay. I followed a similar pathway to what a, a US you know, student would go through. But if you live in England, you go straight from high school into pharmacy or medicine, um, which is a really daunting experience because you're 18 years old making some very you know, impactful decisions about your career when you're barely becoming an adult, which I find quite strange. I actually prefer the US system from that perspective. Mm-hmm. It gives you the time to explore who you are. You get the option to go into a university undergraduate degree open-ended without having to claim, you know, what pathway that you're going down. Um, and yeah, it gives you that kind of like opportunity to figure out who you are. And here I find that I'm a lecturer at a university. So I meet lots of students, especially first year students. And they, a lot of them come into the degree with that similar kind of pressure from family members. It's quite common here. Yeah. So St. John's where I went is a zero to six program. So it was where you had to decide and you just went. So I was like one of those that we had a, a class of 300 and they just, it's, you go right in and that's it. So I can relate to that. It's good that you knew obviously from such a kind of like early age and your family kind of helped to guide you in terms of your career perspective. It's a shame that obviously your family didn't agree with some of the passions that you wanted to follow once you started pharmacy. Um, I guess one of the beauties about pharmacy is that there are so many options for us um, and the variety of jobs is, is is really enjoyable and you can, you know, change from one place to another as well. Um, and in the last couple of years, I mean, the amount of entrepreneurs that are coming out of pharmacy and doing some really exciting things like you are is just growing by the minute. So great. And I tried to advocate for these types of pharmacists to come onto the podcast to share their stories because it's really wonderful to see people going outside of the box and pursuing passions and skills um, outside of the norm of what a standard pharmacist would do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's my passion. And that's actually what this next book that I'm writing is all about is helping people to shift from the traditional model of pharmacy to then becoming your own boss. And I I call it, you know, the divine feminine archetype, because if you look at the, um, I'm always looking at the energy of things and really the energy of pharmacy in, in the United States 
in retail pharmacy is that it's toxic masculine programming, which has to do with suppressing your emotions and putting your head down and you have to override your body's natural, like, oh, I'm hungry. Well, you can't eat because you have to go answer that doctor call. And so it's moving from that model of suppression and needing to force and push yourself to exhaustion and burnout to help other people be healthy, which doesn't make any sense to me, to then moving to the divine feminine archetype of actually helping patients to heal through, you know, all of these other alternative, like functional medicine, pharmacogenomic testing. Um, you know, I want to give those pharmacists a voice that work with complementary, you know, therapies like herbals or, um, Reiki or all of these different things that I think expand our healing ability, which is why I went to school was to help people. So I want to open up this movement within pharmacy to show people that there's actually an easier way. And entrepreneurship is the best way to go because you can literally create anything you want. You have the the freedom to scale a profitable business doing what you love. And so that's where I see pharmacy going. Of course, you know, um, there, there's a lot of other things that we could go into as far as like the trajectory of pharmacy and where it's going, but specifically with entrepreneurship, this is the new wave of, of really like honoring your, your needs and setting healthy boundaries and actually showing up and using your intuition to, you know, guide therapy. Like there's so many things that I think are not discussed that we, we as women specifically have the natural abilities to do. But, you know, for me, I was so suppressed for so long that those parts of me were totally cut off. So it's about awakening to, I call it like your inner heart centered healer within so that you can then help empower other patients. And it's not that we're curing people. I don't want to confuse the two healing and curing healing to me is bringing someone back into wholeness. So it's mind, body, spirit, physical. So it's bringing those elements of looking at someone as a whole individual rather than, okay, you have a symptom. This is what you're going to get, right? So it's seeing things in a more holistic sense. And I think that's the, the movement that I really stand behind and that I want to impress upon in this book that hopefully will reach thousands of people. I have, um, 19 other pharmacists that are uh, writing their stories as part of it as well. Absolutely. And that's really exciting. And it's a movement that I think we should all advocate for Mm -hmm. because it's something that everyone's becoming aware of slowly, slowly. Um, But if we all kind of group together and showcase that pharmacists can do this and look at patients in a more holistic approach, um, patient care will just be a million times better than what it is at the moment. Right. And it's heart-centered, heart-centered healthcare, and it comes back to us, right? Like I talked about my transformation when you're in disempowered states of being, meaning you're holding on to old stories or old resentment, you're not as connected to your heart. So you're operating from your mind rather than being meeting the patient and saying, I, you know, empathy, for example, I'm going to write about this too in the book with motivational interviewing. Empathy has been shown to be the biggest, most um, uh, important factor with helping with behavior change. So coming 
as a heart-centered healthcare practitioner, meeting the patient where they are, empathizing with them is going to actually help improve outcomes for them. So it's bringing all of these concepts together, you know, be doing our own inner healing because we all have blocks and things that, you know, from our past that, that create the reality we see today. This is the transformation work that I believe is going to awaken the hearts of, of healers in healthcare to help create positive change for their patients, for their clients. So this is the work within our own heart. So that's what I advocate for. It's so ironic how we have gone through multiple years of studying to help other people. Like that's our main goal as pharmacists is to help and heal other people. But sometimes we don't put in those practices for ourselves and demonstrate Mm -hmm. self-compassion, empathy, and actually look after ourselves. When you look at retail pharmacists, they're absolute machines. They don't have time for lunch breaks. They're burning out. They're working extremely hard, long hours. Yeah, And it's just insane how much effort they put in for other people, but they don't have the time or energy to do anything for themselves Mm -hmm. to actually get through that day. It's, it's really, it's really, um, it's heartbreaking to some extent because it's happening all over the world. And, um, it's, it's definitely a challenge that we all need to kind of look at and face and face, you know, going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I could talk about this for hours. (laughs) Um, let me take you back to when you started your residency, obviously you were going through a really challenging personal experience emotionally physically at that time and a residency is not an easy role to kind of go into how did you face dealing with all those personal issues whilst completing a residency in the first place yeah so um i didn't (laughs) because i definitely cried a lot and i had a lot of just breakdowns but luckily i had a residency director who was actually she was 10 years older than me and we were moving through kind of our awakening together. So she was kind of like a coach to me and a mentor. So she helped me a lot through those experiences of, you know, when I did have breakdowns or triggers or, you know, kind of PTSD, all of the things that were coming up as I was, you know, you work long hours, you know, 10 hour days. Um, you know, you're making, I was making, I think $17 an hour or something like that. Not enough to really sustain much of a lifestyle for myself. So I had to work on weekends too. Like I would work, um, like a Saturday at the pharmacy and get a pharmacist pay because by that time I I had my, um, I had my license. So I would be working during the week and then Saturday I would work like nine to eight, I think was the pharmacy, the pharmacy hours. So I was just, I had to shut down a lot of parts of me and it wasn't until after that, like I somehow just got through that whole year. And I had, like I said, it wasn't by any means easy. It was really challenging because not only are you starting new things and you're in a whole different environment. But then on top of that, eating disorder, anxiety, waking up every night, not sleeping well, it was just a compound effect of all of that, that I had to go through healing really afterwards. I started going to therapy. I started opening up to energy work and the subconscious mind. I got hypnotized. Um, And that's really where I started to look at 
non-traditional methods of healing because if you look at you know from the how they taught us in pharmacy school well why do i have an eating disorder why do i have anxiety oh it's in your genes oh you know like all of the things that they that we were taught didn't make sense to me like oh why why do i have this so i started just exploring for myself these alternate methods of healing and that's where i was like this is my life purpose this is really where truly healing happens. It's not by taking a pill. It's not by using your conscious mind, which only runs, it only controls 5% of everything you do. It's your subconscious mind that's driving the bus, right? So 95% of everything you do is based upon your subconscious blueprint that you've been taught the things that you've been imprinted with from birth to age seven. That's where everything you're like a sponge. You're just absorbing everything that your parents tell you that you hear in society, things about money, about your, your identity. Like for me, I had this identity, this ashamed identity of I, I'm not okay being myself. So I grew up with that and that resulted in all of these issues, but it's not until you look at the subconscious programming and the beliefs that you have about yourself and the stories you've made up based upon past experiences that you're able to actually shift what's happening now. So for, as an example, what I see a lot is um, in the coaching that I do is um, a lot around blocks. So like unworthiness, um, fear of being seen, fear of failure, imposter syndrome, um, perfectionism, analysis paralysis. We've literally been trained. It's like when you drive the same way to work every day, you're just going the same path. So it's just normal. It's like, oh, hey, this is my behavior. This is how I show up. And when you translate that to a business, it's not going to work. Because if you're too scared to mess up or to, you know, to, if you're a perfectionist, you won't go live on Facebook. You won't go publish that book because, oh, what if there's a mistake? Right. So all of these things that are undigested from early experiences and that we've been conditioned to be as pharmacists doesn't work for entrepreneurship. So that's where I come in and I can help people to release these blocks that are preventing them from charging what they're worth, from being seen and visible. Because a lot of people have this fear of shining in their brilliance and really being seen. A lot of people can't come on a podcast like this and go, I had an eating disorder. I had this, that, that, because it's the fear of looking bad. So I've done this work to be like, this is who I am. This is what I got. It didn't happen overnight, but this is the the level of authenticity that I bring to my business because I want people to know the real me. But this is a challenge for a lot of people. They're like, have this this mask on, like, oh, everything's fine. You know how social media is, but it it doesn't allow your audience to connect with you. So this is the work that allows people to open their heart, to be real, to be authentic, to actually connect with their soul client who may or may not be a pharmacist that might be a, uh, somebody who wants to go through functional medicine. They have a challenge with fertility. I help all different types of entrepreneurs, but this is so key for scaling a profitable business because our patterns weave throughout the, your business and it can impact your ability to, you know, scale to receive these clients into your world. Interesting. So mm -hmm. I guess your experience of um, of healing uh, during this difficult journey allowed you to understand what your purpose was 
um, in terms of setting up this business. Tell me a little bit more about actually how that transition happened, because it's quite scary and overwhelming to be a, you know, a resident pharmacist. And then, you know, you go into a, a pharmacy job, you know, whether you do nine to five, five days a week to then suddenly becoming an entrepreneur. And it's not like we have any specific training or experience with business in the pharmacy degree where we feel like we have any skills to suddenly jump from one to the next. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey in terms well, of number number one, that's why you hire a coach (laughs) because you can't figure it out by yourself. And I tried that for the first seven years. I graduated my pharmacy, um, my pharmacy residency. And I was, I went to become a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I was like, Oh, I can do it by myself. I can do, uh, you know, I went through pharmacy school. I'm smart. I can do this. Well, I couldn't because I didn't know what I was doing. So for the first seven years up until 2019, I was still you know, I did, I sold essential oils for a little bit. I was doing health coaching for weight loss for a little bit. Um, some Reiki, some hypnosis, just kind of like these little bits of things that I would do to help people. And I had clients, but it wasn't enough to sustain replacing my pharmacy income. So finally, you know, I worked in a couple independents. Um, I moved to Pennsylvania and then I, I wound up working for a retail pharmacy back in 2018 because I was engaged, broke off the engagement, long story anyway. So I had to go back to pharmacy because at at that point I, you know, I didn't, I was on my own. So I had to kind of, I was at ground zero, had to build myself back up again. So I went back to retail pharmacy and stayed there for eight months. And I was just miserable. I was working 12 hour shifts. Um, I felt like a prisoner, you know, you can't leave the pharmacy. You can't take a break when you want to, Oh, there's a doctor. Oh, you have to compound something. Oh, da, 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 da. I was like, I'm so, I'm so done with this. So I just, luckily at the time I had, um, I knew a coach who was a business coach. So I, I hired her and I quit my job. I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have any like rich husband. I didn't have a trust fund. I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I vowed to myself, I made a decision. I said, I will never go back to retail again. I will never go back to pharmacy. And I haven't. And I never will. So I hired a business coach finally after seven years. And she helped me with strategies and zoning in on, you know, why, like what my true zone of genius is. I hired a virtual assistant and I just went with it. But I hit a plateau. So strategy only got me so far. Then I had to do the inner work around my unworthiness wounds that I had around not being able to shine my light because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I could charge what I was worth because, you know, in pharmacy, oh, well, you get paid 50 bucks an hour or whatever, 60, $70 an hour. Now you're going to, well, I'm creating a coaching package, which is completely different. So I went and had hired a transformation coach, which is what I do now. So released a lot of just control patterns, a lot of unworthiness patterns. And the next, I went to a a retreat the next week I made, I think $18,000 in that week. Cause it was like all these clients just dropped in for me because I energetically released so much that my, I was open to receiving people. So I knew I was onto something. I was like piecing all these things together, hypnosis, 
you know, um, the transformation work. And eventually I just kind of created my own methodology after seeing the same patterns over and over again in my pharmacist clients. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. These are how we shift these blocks. And I've seen it work over and over again. So now I help pharmacists to release these blocks so that they can scale a profitable business and get paid abundantly for their gifts. So it involves a lot of the uh, the things that I learned along the way, I've kind of mapped this out over the past 10 years to help people accelerate the path to entrepreneurship. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and it's it's interesting how you kind of go through that self-discovery and finding a coach to support you along the way, though it took you a few years to figure that out. It's part of the journey of growing into an entrepreneur and kind of doing things wrong and taking those risks and not having fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And, and not having fear of of getting it wrong because actually that's a really important way to learn. So I guess when you set up the um, organization, how did uh, the services that you provide um, grow? Because obviously, from looking at your website, there's there's a lot of kind of services that you have, including the scholarship fund and the the academy and things like that. Tell me about the um, the the growth of your organization. Yeah, so I'm very intuitive. So a lot of my, I always say, and you know, feel free to insert your own word. I'm not impressing my spiritual beliefs, but God is my CEO. So I am very intuitive. I can kind of tune into people very quickly and pick up like some of their blocks and what's preventing them from moving forward in their business. So I can do the same with myself. So I'm able to tune in and just feel, okay, like what is, how can I help people? What is the next thing that wants to come through? And often I just get messages through my intuition. So um, like the Elevate Entrepreneur Academy that just kind of came through last, um, last fall. And I just was, you know, the work that I do really helps to elevate. Like I talked before about, you know, going from disempowered to empowered, it's elevating these pharmacists into knowing their worth into raising your energy so that you feel safe to shine in the world. So all of these different themes kind of come to me. And this is honestly how I I just did a podcast on my own podcast yesterday about how I channeled my books. It's kind of in the same way I get an idea or a theme and then it's like, okay, well, what kind of themes am I going to share in this book? And those become the chapters and then you fill in the chapters. So it's kind of like, taking it step by step, but everything is intuitively channeled through me to just be of service to be like, all right, well, what, what is the best way to help pharmacists? It's through a course or a membership or one-on-one coaching. I, I have a lot of those things that I've created. So I guess that's the easiest way to describe it is that I'm so, because I've done a lot of the inner healing work to release the blocks that have prevented me from shining in the past, I'm able to just very clearly um, receive the guidance that is going to help my people, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, you've truly identified what your purpose is. And we talk about this a lot on my podcast in terms of pharmacy careers and inspiring students to really figure out what their passions are at an early stage when you're a pharmacy student is really truly understand, you know, what do you love about the course and where can you see that taking you rather than just going through the motions and then kind of just going into a job. 
you know, identifying your your values, your purpose, your skills, like what you genuinely love from a day to day, and then yeah. building a career from that. And it takes mm. a lot of kind of internal um, reflection and a true understanding of who you are. Um, yeah. Here, I feel like we're kind of students are guided by the jobs that are available rather than really tuning in to what they would absolutely love to do day in, day mm-hmm. out. Um, so um, I talk about that a lot on the podcast and it's really nice to see and meet someone who genuinely is passionate about what they do and they absolutely love it. And they feel so much purpose in giving back to other people within their community. So it's lovely to see. Um, what inspired you to um, start writing books? Like that's a really interesting kind of side of pharmacy as well as is, is, is being an author. Yeah. So I always loved writing from a, an early age and love words. I, you know, words to me have a frequency. So I love kind of taking the intangible of experiencing something and making it tangible into words and writing it into a book. And I knew when I was going through my eating disorder at 18, I, I just knew I'm like, I want to write a book and I don't know what it's going to be about. And then, you know, whenever I was going through getting kicked out and all of those really just traumatic experiences, what came through. And then I got, I got an opportunity to go to Bali to write my first book, but that's a whole other story. I knew that the purpose of the book had to be centered around healing And I was sharing my story very vulnerably about the abuse that had happened and um, just everything with my family dynamic that led to this awakening. So it was describing that journey and getting the support. Like I went to Bali on this, it was like a writer's retreat for a month with 30 other women from all around the world. And I got coaching around it. And so once you do one book, it's easy. Like I'm very, I learned very quickly. So I'm like, okay, I got this down. Now I know how to do it. And then I just kept going and creating other books. And again, God source spirit kind of downloads things to me like, okay, it's time for another book. So I've literally written in the past seven years, five books, because it's just like, keeps coming to me. I'm like, okay, this is my divine assignment, you know? So I just kind of follow it. And, um, it's just, to me, a book is so, it's a piece of my soul that I'm able to kind of channel out into the world to help other people who are where I was, you know, five, 10 steps behind, because I've been through a lot in the past 10 years, just through entrepreneurship and relationships and just everything that I, if I can make the journey easier for one person, then I will have made an impact. So that's, what really drives me to have the discipline because it does take discipline to, to write, right. To sit, sit your butt in the chair and actually write it out. So um, it's, it's really for me, that impact that, that comes out of a book that really drives me to keep creating them. That's really inspirational. I mean, that's incredible to have written that many books within such a short space of time. And you, you've been qualified as a pharmacist for, is it 10 years now? Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. actually a really short space of time when you think about it, how much you've kind of transformed in, in, in a, in a decade. It's, it's uh, quite incredible. Um, 
I also wanted to ask you about your scholarship fund that you've kind of created for students. How did that come about and how's it going? So uh, I feel like I might cry with this one. This is just, it's, it's so near and dear to my heart because I know what it's like to be, to be lost, to be so young and to not know, like I, I was homeless, you know, at that time when I was about to graduate. So for me, helping someone at that age is just so it's so important because you know these young pharmacists they they might not have anybody just like I didn't I didn't have anybody who could tell me you know go follow this person go go down this path so it just for me it's so near and dear to my heart because I know what that's like to feel just lost and alone and not know where to turn. And so if I can give back to somebody through a scholarship, then maybe I'm impacting that person to go and create a business or to explore a different avenue that they might not have known about. It always gets me really emotional because I think about my journey and just how how hard it was. And so it, you know, it kind of came through last year that I was like, you know what, I've, I've grown my business to multiple six figures. I, I've made it in my opinion, you know, and I know that there's always more growth, but I'm like, what is the real purpose? It's to turn around and give back to someone else. So every year, two people get scholarships that who are interested in entrepreneurship and St. John's takes care of it. And they do the vetting process and applications and all of that. But it is, it's very emotional. I actually have someone's letter right here. I, um, you know, somebody that wrote to me and she just was like, you know, your generosity has truly inspired me to follow in your footsteps. Like what's better than this? Nothing. Like that is my purpose to give back to other people. So I, I'm not going to apologize for crying, but like this is this is what gets me so emotional because it's like yeah I want to help I want to help other people and like if I can help some young girl to achieve her dreams or go be on the path to that and be an example and be a mentor to somebody then I'm going to do that Absolutely and I commend you for that and there is no shame in crying in this situation because what you've done is create a a platform or a, or a way to actually inspire other people to chase their dreams and 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 do what they are genuinely passionate about in in their yeah. in their career and 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 achieve everything and more um that comes kind of their way um if you could go back to the younger christina um when you were still a pharmacy student and kind of pursuing um your choices in terms of going down a residency, what kind of advice would you give her? Oh, I just did some deep healing around this the other day, um, around this like 24 year old (laughs) version of myself or 23. Um, I would just say, go for it, you know, like do, which I, and I did, like, I kind of had to tell myself just like, it doesn't matter. 
if your family is cursing you out and saying that you're betraying, like whatever they're saying is not what's in here. You have to follow your heart. That's the biggest piece of advice I would give. Wonderful. And um, we always kind of look into the future as well at the end of the podcast. And um, what what do you see uh, the future in the next sort of 10 years? What would what what are your dreams in terms of what you'd like to achieve? Um, I would love to be able to speak on big stages. Like, I, I don't know if it would be a TED talk, but just being able to impact large groups of health people in healthcare or pharmacists to think in new ways to kind of move into entrepreneurship. That would be an absolute dream to just like be on a, a stage and, and inspiring and impacting people. I love that. Um, I mean, that's really the the kind of main things that I wanted to get out of the podcast today um, in terms of, you know, where you've come from. And we've actually covered a lot of your journey and a lot of your personal transformation and how it's kind of come 360 where you're helping other people to to heal and kind of move forward. Um, where can pe- people find you in terms of social media and your website and things like that? Yeah. So my website's pharmacistcoach.com. You can follow me on Instagram at the pharmacist coach, um, LinkedIn, Christina Fontana. Um, I would love to connect with you and just hear about, you know, if you're interested in writing a book or any of the things that I shared, just, you know, feel free to follow me and, you know, I'd love to chat with you. Perfect. And thanks for giving up your, uh, time today. Um, it's, um, 8am on Christina's side in the U S so she woke up, um, early and was ready and good to go um early morning for us this morning so um you know i appreciate the time that you've given and and the honesty and integrity that's come from this conversation as well Mm, thank you so much and this is my first international podcast so thank you (laughs) oh amazing oh yes lovely okay cool if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others you can follow me on instagram and facebook at pharmacist diaries uk and on Twitter at Farm Diaries UK. That is P-H-A-R-M Diaries UK. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you can be notified when a new episode is released. Finally, please visit Apple Podcasts and leave me a review as it will help the podcast reach more people. If you have any suggestions for guests you want me to talk to or if you'd like to come on yourself, please feel free to contact me via social media or email at info at pharmacistdiaries.com.